to the B'nai B'rith International Podcast. I'm CEO Dan Mariashen. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm joined today by Eduardo Cohn, B'nai B'rith's Director of Latin American Affairs. Today, Eduardo and I will be discussing the 49th General Assembly of the Organization of American States, or the OAS. The OAS is the world's oldest regional organization. It dates back uh, to 1889. Uh, 35 member states. Their headquarters is right here in Washington, D.C. This annual meeting will take place from June 26 to 28 in Medellin, Colombia. Each year, the meeting moves to a a different country. Eduardo and our colleague Sienna Gergenti, Program Director for Strategic Engagement, will represent Benebrith at the meeting. In this discussion, we'll be talking about why Benebrith attends the OAS General Assembly each year and what we hope the General Assembly will accomplish. We'll also be discussing the situation that Jewish communities face in Latin America today, including the biggest dangers for Jewish communities in the region and the influence of Iran in the Western Hemisphere. Eduardo, thank you for being on the program today. My pleasure. Well, I think we should talk first about uh, the OAS. Uh, B'nai B'rith, I think, was the first Jewish organization to receive... NGO, non-governmental organization status, and that's about 20 years ago. So we go every year to this annual meeting. Uh, Why do we go? Well, uh, NGOs plays a key role in the Organization of American States uh, in the last three decades. Uh, Yes, you're right. B'nai B'rith was the first Jewish organization to get that status. There was a former Secretary General, Jose Miguel Insulza from Chile, who was in office for 10 years, who upgraded the importance of civil society. And NGOs have have had since then the opportunity to work during the year and not only during the General Assembly. A big example of that has been the approval a couple of years ago of the Inter-American Convention Against Racism and Discrimination, uh, which was precisely proposed by civil society, especially B'nai B'rith, working with another organizations it took a long time, but it was finally accepted and endorsed. And but without the ongoing pushing of NGOs, it would not have happened. So, Benebrit is there to defend and activate our principles and combating anti-Semitism and all forms of discrimination, and combating the violations of human rights in any country that may occur. Now, in this something... precise time, this year, we are working together with the coalitions of NGOs, and the goal is to get results from the General Assembly and the states one by one, recognizing first that there is a real humanitarian tragedy in Venezuela violating human rights, and that we must, as uh, NGOs, uh, and try to help to, uh, not to, to solve, but at least to help solving the humanitarian catastrophe that is uh, creating problems to all the region. And an example is that we must be very clear, and we will expose that in our meetings with the Secretary General and with other dignitaries, that Venezuela is heaven for terrorism. Once Hezbollah has members spread all over Venezuela, thing that has been said by the Secretary General Magro last week publicly. And speaking of um, the Secretary General, something very important happened to the OAS um, just, just days ago, um, before this meeting. The, um, the OAS has adopted uh, the working definition of anti-Semitism, uh, which um, was uh, 
uh, came out of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, known as IRA, which is a, a consortium of countries um, that have Holocaust education and remembrance programs in their countries. Tell us about that. How did that happen, and how important is that? Well, uh, it is very clear that Secretary General Magro uh, has been approached by uh, organizations like B'nai B'rith in these uh, almost four years of his mandate. And we have spoken very clearly that anti-Semitism is a real, uh, uh, clear and present danger in Latin America, not only historically because it happened 25 years ago, the AMIA bombing, but today, not only in social media, but there are facts. I mean, there are incidents, there are uh, people that are being hurt, like in Argentina in the last two or three months, etc. And we have been asking one uh, again and again to the Secretary General that anti-Semitism should be something that should be underlined, especially as a form, a special form of discrimination. And it's very, it's very good that he has decided to endorse this definition because it gives all of us a great opportunity. Uh, the decision uh, legally, uh, juridically, I mean, uh, it's very important because it's the not the Secretary General, but the, sec the General Secretariat of OAS that has uh, adopted this resolution. It's an invitation, and more than invi an, an invitation, to all state members to endorse and to sign this definition. Nicaragua did it immediately, and Argentina is inside because Argentina is a member of the IRA. It's, uh, it's the only Latin American full member of the IRA from the beginning. So this has started. We will have the opportunity in this meeting uh, next week in, the, uh, in Medellin, in Colombia, in the General Assembly, to keep talking with, any, with all the countries to try to push them to sign it very quickly. Because in this moment, if OES has to say what is anti-Semitism, the Secretary General will say this definition. And he is giving all of us and the states the opportunity to endorse that and, and to expose those who are not uh, ready to do that. So you have at this meeting, um, most countries are represented by foreign ministers. Is that correct? Yes, uh, yes. The and, and there is a, are right. And there's an opportunity uh, to uh, meet with the ministers uh, on the sidelines of uh, the, the plenary uh, to uh, engage in a discussion about these issues. Uh, absolutely. It's going um, for us. It's the, the main issue to, to discuss, there are other issues, but the main issue is this one because it's the opportunity. I mean, the Secretary General has uh, adopted this uh, resolution uh, last week, so it's the moment. And yes, we will have these uh, meetings. Some are already scheduled. Even with the Secretary General, we are going to meet uh, immediately on our arrival. And we will ask uh, his uh, team to help all of us to push the decision of the states, because we also we also want to be clear which are going to be the countries that are not going to endorse this definition, and that is very important too, because this is a this is a crucial issue. I mean, who is going to endorse something so, uh, as we say, something is not elemental but it's basic that is the definition of anti-Semitism in a moment that there is a raising of anti-Semitism, and who is not ready to take the IRA definition? So we have in Latin America, we have uh, larger Jewish communities 
um, Argentina being the largest. And uh, in some countries, in Central America, for example, uh, there are communities of only a few dozen families. So this is really something uh, I, I, I know that, that is extremely important uh, at a time of rising anti-Semitism everywhere. Uh, yes, because uh, we have to, to, to think about this. I mean, 28 countries uh, are part of the IRA. Uh, I mean, 28 countries from Europe and United States, Canada, Israel, and Argentina, 32, I'm sorry. So many other European countries have adopted this, uh, this uh, definition of anti-Semitism, and when they face the, and the questions of anti-Semitism, they use this definition and all what it takes in, in question of Israel and com, uh, the comparisons with the uh, Nazi, etc. We, we know all the, the definition. In this moment, we are. You, you said there are 35 countries in OAS. Only two have adopted the resolution: one Argentina, because a member of the IRA, and Nicaragua last week. So, if we have another 30 countries, we hope, but another 30, 25, 30 countries taking this definition, it's going to be something taken worldwide. And we have another tool, important tool. We would have another important tool to face the question of anti-Semitism, because there are laws in Latin America and certain countries to combat anti-Semitism. But in the moment, is there is a rising. There is a rising in social media. And as I told, there is a rising in, in incidents, in personal incidents, in Argentina, in Chile, etc. So we need this tool, and we are going to work hard to get uh, that they adopt uh, this decision. So, Eduardo, this uh, meeting in uh, Colombia really is coming against the backdrop of the 25th anniversary of the bombing, the terrorist attack uh, on the AMIA building in Buenos Aires, uh, which occurred in, in July of 1994. Uh, tell us about uh, uh, that incident, which was the, the most horrific terrorist incident in, in Latin America, um, and um, all of the, the difficulties and struggles we've had since then uh, to, um, to bring justice um, for the victims of that bombing? Well, yes, it's uh, difficult to believe, but it's 25 years, as you said, that the Amia building and the people uh, were bombed uh, in 1994, two years before the Israeli embassy in Buenos Aires was also bombed. Uh, but the Amia bombing, 25 years, it's something that is very difficult to face 25 years after because the perpetrators which uh, are, uh, were uh, demonstrated by uh, Nisman, who was the attorney, the attorney and also died, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so Nisman accused the Iranians and Hezbollah to be behind these attacks. And he also named in the accusation eight Iranians who are now in Iran watching that justice was not served. And it's very difficult that 25 years after, there will be all kind of gatherings, but there will be an important gathering in Buenos Aires, of course, at that time. And unfortunately, the families of the victims and the people in general will be mourning and justice has not been served when more than, I mean, 85 people were killed. If we took together with the Israeli embassy bombing, we are talking about more than 100, which is practically 
the largest terrorist uh, attack after the World War II. And it happened, when it happened 25 years ago, was something that the world was not used to that uh, violence, terror, etc. So uh, the feeling that, uh, of course, we have as a Jewish organization, we have uh, we have made all our efforts with governments uh, of Argentina and other governments to try to that the justice was served. What we can say today is that after 25 years, only this last government of Argentina, the government of President Macri, has taken this uh, as serious as possible after 25 years. And knowing that it's very difficult to take perpetrators who live in Iran to justice, to bring them to justice, have tried to, uh, to sue uh, the local connection. There are some uh, secondary uh, people, but also uh, accomplices and associates to the crime who are in jail, but this is not enough. But what is enough is as, what is good is that the government has taken the commitment to try to find out uh, and to, to finalize at least with a resolution about the perpetrators and we hope also about the death of uh, prosecutor Nisman. But it's a very sad date 20, that to, to gather 25 years after a terrific uh, a bombing who demonstrated how far can anti-Semitism could go in any part of the world without having the perpetrators in jail. Right, but it also spoke to um, the um, uh, Iranian, uh, the, the priority that Iran placed on terrorist activity and supporting terrorist activity because, you know, at the same time uh, that this was happening in, in Buenos Aires, uh, you know, we also had the bombing of uh, the Kobar Towers in Saudi Arabia, where, where yeah. American yeah. servicemen were killed, um, and a whole range of, of other uh, terrorist activities. So it speaks to, to the Iranian regime and its, uh, its support for terror. Uh, what do you think? I mean, this is now 25 years on. Uh, what do you think the prospects are over the next uh, year or so uh, for there to be some kind of closure in this case? Well, uh, first of all, uh, there was something uh, very important that the Secretary General of uh, OAS, Luis Almagro, uh, said last week besides the question of anti-Semitism. For the first time in history, a Secretary General of OAS, I mean, it's not only the question that this is the Secretary General of an international organization, he's the Secretary General of, as you said, the oldest uh, uh, international organization, but he's the organization of the uh, states of the, all the Americas. It's the first time that somebody like the Secretary General denounced publicly that terrorism is a danger in Latin America, and he accused with names Hezbollah and Iran as the sponsor. So uh, having said that, it's very important that the OAS, as, 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 uh, as the maximum uh, organi international organization in the Americas, the Secretary General, has said something that we have spoken all the time in these 25 years, but this time it is endorsed very seriously by somebody who is not living in, uh, in Argentina, with an Argentinian government, is over that. So the hope that we have in the next year or so is that uh, the, I mean, the, the, not the trial, but the process of the AMIA have at least make a conclusion about the perpetrators now that there is endorsement from all from all sides even from the uh, oas that there were the iranians 
I don't think, uh, we don't think that justice will be served because the Iranians will not get out from, uh, from Iran to any trial. And we also expect that, we expect firmly that the, that the process about the, the, what happened with prosecutor Alberto Nisman about his death, that yes, will be really finalized and the family, and the family can have a response, an answer, and Nisman can rest in peace. Talk about uh, the, the countries in Latin America and their bilateral relations uh, with the United States and, and with Israel. Let's talk about Israel for a minute. A number of Latin American countries were uh, at the UN uh, at the time of the partition plan, voting for, for partition. Um, how would you stay, say the state of relations uh, is um, today uh, between those countries and, and Israel and, and also with the United States? Well, the relationship has been uh, moving uh, in many in many sides in the last at least 10, 15 years. If uh, we were talking the same thing uh, five years ago, it would be different than today. But we are speaking about today. In this moment, for example, for the first time in more than 20 or 25 years, Brazil is uh, having relations with the United States and with Israel as it had in the moment of a partition. I mean, a real friend of Israel, not a real friend only in uh, um, social or economic uh, relationship, which is very good, but only in what it matters in this moment, in, politically speaking, in the UN. I mean, uh, Brazil is in this moment voting uh, not for Israel, is voting not endorsing the continuous demonization of Israel, and it is very important, and it's a big change because Brazil haven't done that in the last, I don't know, 25, 30 or more years, which is uh, really a big switch, and it comes back to the partition. And Brazil is the largest country in all Latin America. Uh, Argentina also have moved. I mean, Argentina in, uh, in the last, I don't know, about 10 or 12 or 15 years, the position in UN was ambiguous uh, with Israel. In this moment, with the government uh, of uh, President Macri, in the last three years of the government of President Macri, three years and a half, more or less, uh, it has switched to. I mean, uh, Israel has not uh, had uh, from Argentina the demonization that uh, had uh, before. And the same behavior we can talk about uh, Colombia, uh, about countries of Central America like Panama and Costa Rica, but uh, in general, I, 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 we have to say that uh, if we speak on the economic relationship with the United States and with Israel, on that hand, the relationship is business and it goes as the best they can. And in some countries it's very good, in some countries are good, in some countries are better, in some countries are worse. Politically, I think we have to make a difference just to finalize the, the answer. With Israel, the, the good relationship is, as I said, with the countries I mentioned, and there is something that we didn't have in the time of the partition, is the continuous hatred from the government of Venezuela, from the time of Chavez, is, uh, we are talking about more than 15 years, the continuous hatred, incitation, and demonization of Israel from the government of Venezuela against Israel. This is something we never knew before in Latin America, from the government, not from political parties or academia, no, this is from a government. And this is a big change, uh, very sad, but a big change. Uh, the same happened by, uh, with Cuba, but uh, Cuba is not in this moment. It's a member of the OES, but it's not attending the OES. In the question of United States, is different. 
I think that the relationship of the countries with uh, politically with the United States, they try to have a good level of relationship. But of course, we have to take out of that relationship Venezuela, probably Bolivia, who is endorsing everything that Venezuela is doing, and of course Cuba. But the others try to have a good approach. Uh, not always they can, because of course there are countries who are all the countries that follow uh, the Venezuela regime, the Venezuela dictatorship, of course, are countries which are not friends of the United States and either Israel. You know, the one point that uh, we certainly want to mention in that discussion about the uh, relations between uh, Latin American co- uh, countries and uh, Israel is uh, Guatemala's uh, very important um, uh, gesture in uh, moving its embassy to Jerusalem. Um, the relationship with Honduras, for example. I mean, these are all uh, very important building blocks in uh, establishing uh, a, a solid relationship that, that much of which is really based on those, those early votes back in, in 1947, wouldn't you say? Yes, for Guatemala, in, uh, no doubt. For Guatemala, no doubt, because Guatemala was crucial in the, in the partition and uh, Garcia Granados was uh, the, the diplomat who was crucial in, in that voting. And it's uh, really very good that Guatemala has uh, moved the embassy to Jerusalem following the United States. Uh, it's true that Honduras uh, has it's really close to Israel. Uh, I think that Central America is better is doing better than uh, several countries in, th- in South America. But it depends on the government on the time. I mean, uh, I'm here in uh, Uruguay. Uruguay has good relations with Israel in general. But of course, uh, uh, in the last 15 years or 13 years at least, the relationship in question of UN record voting have been very bad, has been very bad, has you know, not good, let's say, if you, if you want. But the economic relations are, are, are good. But it's different than from Guatemala, for example. And Uruguay and Guatemala and Paraguay and Brazil were crucial in the partition. So it depends, of course, on the governments. But I don't en- uh, envision big changes as what I said. I mean, I think that Central America uh, has a better relationship and also with the United States than uh, several countries in South America, because in South America we have countries like, as I said, Venezuela and Bolivia, which are really hostile. Uh, with United States and with Israel. Just to go back to the OAS before we close, Eduardo, um, you'll be there with a, a number of other uh, NGOs. Um, tell us about the, the value of, uh, clearly the value of being there, meeting with the diplomats uh, is is, uh, is something extremely important. But um, you have uh, NGOs from a, a wide range of um, of corners of the civil society, um, what's the value of of being there and uh, having those corridor uh, conversations and meetings over coffee uh, with the other NGOs? Well, we are talking just for the people to understand. We are talking about more than three hundred NGOs attending uh, this meeting. Uh, there could be more, but there is no space for more. But we are talking about three hundred. More, uh, most of the 300, of course, there are some with more well-known names than others, but most of them, what they uh, try to do, the civil society, 
is the question of human rights, because human rights uh, are really in, in, in danger uh, all around Latin America, and I'm talking about this, all kind of discrimination, the question of indigenous people, the question of uh, gender, etc., and of course anti-Semitism, but uh, it's a crucial issue. And uh, what NGOs get, uh, talking as you say, not only in sidelines, we have official conversations as a group, we have official conversations with the chiefs of delegations. There are two, a couple of meetings, I mean two meetings of two or three hours each when the civil society pose on the table this question and pushes for decisions of uh, the Organization of American States. I am sure that this time again there will be resolutions about what is happening, especially in Venezuela, also in Nicaragua in question of human rights and very likely in the electoral process in Bolivia, question all of human rights, I am sure there will be proposals from the civil society that will be endorsed in the General Assembly by the states. Because, they, I mean, civil society is the one that pushes, uh, in general, these kind of issues showing that they, there is, a, there is a, a group of people, a very important group of population in those countries that are demanding resolutions. The other important thing is to know what the Secretary General and the team is doing. It's very important to be there in the sidelines with the foreign ministers and with the delegations because the, this, this Secretary General has been very important in the decisions that have been taken in the question of Venezuela, and we put a very important example. In this moment, the ambassador of Venezuela before OAS is not a member of Maduro's government, is a member of Guaido's government. I mean, the, well, the, the provisional president, let's say the president of the General Assembly, because the OAS have no, uh, the majority uh, is not recognizing the legality, I mean, that the government of Maduro is legal. So what are what is happening in the General Assembly that we will be talking with representatives of the government of Guaido, not with the government of Maduro. And the government of Maduro and the people of the government of Maduro will not uh, be in the General Assembly because Colombia, which is the host country, is not recognizing the government either. So we expect we expect very tough resolutions in the question of violation of human rights and humanitarian situation, but this is a big change. And in that, in that change, the civil society will play a key role, and we hope to help the, that the key role is uh, being well played. Yeah, I can't think of another multilateral organization that opens, as, uh, opens itself up as much uh, to uh, civil society um, uh, literally on the, on the ground um, as does the OAS. So we, we certainly wish you and, and Sienna well, uh, as you go off uh, to Colombia for this meeting. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. This is a special program today. It's our 50th podcast, and we want to thank all of our guests and uh, all of our listeners, not to mention our colleagues uh, who helped to put this program uh, together. Please visit our website, benebrith.org, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on your smartphone through the podcast app for iPhone or through Google Play for Android. And lastly, be sure to tell a friend about us. For my guest, Eduardo Cohn, who joined us today from Montevideo, Uruguay, I'm Dan Mariashen. We'll talk to you next time on the Benebrith International Podcast.